Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the Ninth Avenue Nine. This is your host, Joel Bascom, pastor of Connecting and Equipping. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Hope everyone is gearing up for fall. Don't forget that we have our Movie in the Park event coming up on September 5th at 7 p.m. at Valley Park in Hopkins. Stop on by for some hot dogs and chips, some lemonade, watch a few Pixar shorts. It's a good way to make connections in our community as well as a sort of unofficial goodbye to summer. Moving on to the podcast, as always, I would love to hear from you on the show. As we all flock back to the Metro, let me know if you'd like to record an episode with me. Email me at joel at ofthecross.org if you're interested in stepping into my office and recording. I'm also happy to do a show over Zoom if that works better for you. But let's get to the next episode. We are on episode 16. It feels like I'm amassing some episodes here. I was able to invite Adam Murray into my office and chat about music. Now, Adam ends up taking a slightly different approach overall, and you'll have to wait until his luxury item to see how his list all connects together. Check out his Spotify playlist to hear some of his music. So, without further ado, here's the next episode of the 9th Avenue 9 featuring Adam Murray. Enjoy! Welcome back to The Basement, everybody. Over the years, I've had many conversations with my guests today, especially about art and music. Several years ago, I was treated to a wonderful Sunday school class that he did on the poetry of Gerard Manley Hopkins. I've also loved watching his family continue to grow as he and his wife, Britt, now have three boys. We were just talking before I started recording about the fact that his oldest... um, Gilbert is going to be going to kindergarten, right? Yep, yep. Pretty awesome. So they have three boys, Gilbert, Leonard, and Frederick. I look forward today to hearing the picks of my friend, Adam Murray. Hi, Adam. Hey there. Yes. Tell <laughs> us a bit about how you ended up at Cross. I understand it's been about seven years since yep, you started yep, at Cross. Tell us years. a bit about that. Um, we were at a church downtown um, uh, at Hope Community Church, and it we, we were finding that we were trying to transition into being a family and it was a really young church, and there was some just some different stuff that was going on with my spiritual journey, and so I I just talked to an old professor from Bethel and told her what I was looking for. I was looking for something liturgical. Britt grew up Episcopal, mm-hmm. and she was like, I've never been to this church, but um, a lot of people talk about this Church of the Cross over in Hopkins, and uh, it sounds great, and then so we came the first week, I think Ben Kyle was playing worship and like, <laughs> yes. it was, I mean, we just like, it just sold, it, it fit right away and yeah. We, yeah, we never looked back. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so, um, I didn't mention, but your other two boys, uh, Leonard and Frederick are four and two, right? Yep. yep. And, uh, it has been really, really fun. I've had a lot of Sundays where I've been sitting in back, you know, yeah. reading or whatever else, and I get to see them kind of poking yeah. through the window and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or they're just in the narthex. Cause, or in the gathering space. Yeah. Yeah, they make their way back there. Yeah. So, well, it's a blessing to watch your family grow, and um, you're a blessing to all of us. So thank well, you. Thank, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so um, 
we have talked before about music a lot, and yeah. I I feel like you made a at least an appearance uh, in the first episode when Christian was talking about a men's retreat where we were asking yeah, we around. I think we were arguing about what what the greatest album was. We weren't really arguing. I was just telling everybody. Yeah, you was. well, yeah, it was everybody. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a dialogue to everybody. Yeah, else. there was. Yeah. Just, it was more of a proclamation for you. I for think. me, it was a proclamation. Yeah. but, you know that didn't really matter. Yeah. Everybody else has has of course their opinion. So yeah. Um. So uh, we'll go through the the rules pretty quickly here since you know them and most of the people who are listening probably know them you get nine albums you're in the basement for a year um you get to add a book to the library that has been growing uh really really nicely and then you get a luxury item as well so with that in mind what is your first album first album so this was it was kind of hard to like lay something out that i thought was going to be worth worth a year's worth of <laughs> yeah you have to have a plan yeah a plan so yeah uh so i, I started with steely dan's asia oh first steely dan appearance yeah on the show. yeah i know steely dan and he they have their detractors and they have their 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 fans like myself um yes um i th- this is this is an album that i've always liked steely dan but as i as i've continued my journey in learning guitar this has been a, an album that i've that I've drawn a lot of inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Walter Becker is just a really interesting guitarist, and mm-hmm. together they they just set up really interesting um, melodies and a lot of jazz harmony involved. Yeah. Um, so this particular album is it kind of it represents like the, one of their first, uh, well, probably the first like just hardcore studio albums mm-hmm. that they had. They mm-hmm. had stopped touring. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those albums that people tell you to listen to, like when you buy headphones, because it's like, yeah. s- it's like, it's like so hi-fi. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the concepts that they were trying to work with uh, required them to bring in all these like crazy A-list musicians. Okay. One of them being one of the guitar heroes of mine, um, Larry Carlton. Oh, I don't know. He's a name. great session guitarist. Okay. I'll, I'll, he, he'll come up again. Okay. Um, in my in my later picks, but he uh, he's part of. Part of the reason why I, I started listening to this album a lot, um, yeah, it's just it's 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 a really interesting really interesting album. Um, what are the songs on that one? So it's got like Black Cow. Because mm-hmm. um, I know I've I know I've heard for the I mean uh, for that's the, their most famous yeah album. for the people my age who, who don't know Steely Dan there's like a like a Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn's uh, song Deja Vu that came okay. out and that okay. sampled Black Cow but it's like such an iconic okay baseline. Um, but then it's the got year Asia. It came out? What what year did it come out? Uh, it came out in '77. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it has that. It, uh, people call it like yacht rock. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, yeah, it's, which is kind of <laughs> like a good, pejorative that's term, that's you know. But true. Uh, I hadn't thought of it. it, had, it yeah, it, it's kind of like the departure from a lot of the stuff that was happening in the '60s with like, like lots of distortion and guitar. So it's mm-hmm. like hyper clean. There's mm-hmm. lots of jazz instrumentation. You know, mm-hmm. you've got like horn sections and stuff. So, um, yeah. So favorite tracks on the album, black. So the first three tracks on the on the vinyl were like side one, and then it was. Um, I think there's only eight tracks, so or mm-hmm. seven tracks. So then the, the rest of them are on the other side. So my all three of my favorite songs on the album come from side one of the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Black Cow, Asia, the title track, and then Deacon Blues, which is like another mm-hmm. pretty well-known song off the album. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know I've heard them. It's just like yeah. one of those things where it's because I so many of the... I had a similar experience when I was talking to Lori Eiswald about ELO. 
Oh yeah, that yeah was another one where yeah, you're just like, where I was like, I know, I know these songs. Yeah. and if you put on, and like, then I turn them on, I'm like, yep, I've yeah. heard this a million times. I, just, I think I'd have, like, one of my friends was for some reason got into ELO, and he like just put on like the This Is ELO playlist mm-hmm. on Spotify, mm-hmm. and he was like, I can't believe how many songs that I know are ELO. I would have never been yeah, able. Earth, to, like, Wind, and Fire is another one like that. Yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Whenever I put on a great song, like, I know every single song, yeah. but I would say it's just been that like yeah, I, you've danced, especially you've working danced at, at Trader a wedding Joe's, to working at Trader yeah. Joe's yeah. when we have like satellite radio on. Oh yeah, so many great like yeah. songs like that that come yeah. from that. So um, Asia, so. So you said Deacon... Deacon Blues. Yeah? Yep. Uh, Asia, which is the title track, mm-hmm. and, then, and then Black Cow. Those are my three favorite songs. So the, 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 the Steely Dance thing is they, they have all these like real like uh, sort of sardonic kind of narratives that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a lot of just like backhanded critique of, 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 of different cultural things. Um, so the the narrative of this or the loose narrative is it starts out in in Black Cow, um, in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and you have this um, this figure who's like, well, I think it's a boyfriend who's talking about his girlfriend who's like out at this bar like using like using drugs and mm-hmm. and sort of trying to like cover up her loneliness and then she she always like ends up coming back to him mm-hmm. because he like will take her in when she's, you know, like, drunk at the bar or something like that. And so you have that, and then and then it leaves Manhattan and goes to California. So the rest of the album is sort of in California. Mm-hmm. People to really describe it as, like, a California album. It has, like, a real L.A. sound. It doesn't sound like a New York album. It sounds like, you know, just from an aesthetic perspective, mm-hmm. I mean, you just feel mm-hmm. like it's, like, this is... Yacht rock. Like, yeah, yeah, yacht rock, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's, this feels yeah, like California. Say, you, don't, you don't think of yacht... I mean, there are yachts in New York Harbor, I'm sure, but it's, yeah, not, I'm sure. Really, it's not the ethos. Yeah, right? that's right, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, so then you have the title track, Asia, is, is sort of about, like, like finding a stable relationship. Uh-huh. Um, and he couches it in this, like, all these weird references to like, weird spiritual retreats in California. Mm-hmm. Again, they, they're, they're real, like, hip for the 70s, so they're using, like, um, just just really weird jargon and stuff that, mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, opaque, but they talk about, like, like this ranch, which is really, um, uh, what is it, like, I think it's the Camarillo State Mental, in- Mental Institution. Okay, it's like Camarillo. They, yeah, it's, like, where they s- sent Charlie Parker Mm-hmm. And so they're using that, mm-hmm. like, they're using the imagery of that as, like, as, like, a peaceful place, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, really hard. It's, it's hard to kind of, like, discern what exactly they're talking about. I've driven about. by that for a lot of times. My well, there you go. Camera so is on the way between Los Angeles and Santa Barbara. Yeah, yep. So it's in, it's in the song. It, it's, it, he uses it as a positive image of, like, kind of like a retreat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as much mm-hmm. as a mental institution could be a retreat. But mm-hmm. I suppose when you're, when you're dealing with the kind of characters that they deal with, mm-hmm. that, that probably is about right. Um... And then Deacon Blues is this is, is a kind of funny song about about like a suburban kind of a pathetic figure. Mm-hmm. Um, they think it's like perhaps somebody who's living in like San Fernando Valley. Uh-huh. And um, he has this like fantasy of being like this saxophone player um, and like singing at bars and like living like this lush lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So like the, the chorus is like I learned to play the saxophone, you know, like drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel. You know, like mm-hmm. he's having this fantasy while he's like in his, you know, in this suburban yeah. trap, you know. And then at the end of the song, it kind of like, he kind of realizes how pathetic the vision is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I cried when I wrote this song. Like, don't, 
don't sue me if I or sue me if I play too long. You know, just kind of like everyone's like not really wanting to hear about his, yeah. his pathetic fantasy. Um, so again, it's just there's all of this ironic storytelling, but um, it's done in a very interesting way. Yeah. I think. Recorded looks in uh, in Los Angeles actually. Just looking at yeah. it. Yeah. I kind of sometimes when I'm interviewing folks, I'll look stuff up so I yeah, have yeah. some, so you, some discussion points. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, that's that Steely Dan. I get, like I said, hasn't made an appearance yet, but certainly well, a hugely popular band. So, yeah, here's the debut. What's number two? So number two, uh, so I was trying to try like the meta narrative of my of my picks was like leaving New York to California, and so we're in Ooh, California. Okay. The next place we're visiting is Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon, yes. Um, Laurel German, Canyon, German, German, like German. the music of Laurel Canyon represents like the the very slim overlay of my wife and I's Venn diagram of musical interests. Got so, it. Like, so that, so uh, now I can't wait. The Laurel Canyon, there's a lot of musicians. Tons there. of musicians, and like for, I mean, for it has a pedigree that goes up till now. You know, you still guys like back and like yeah, people that are playing. Um, but I picked Joni Mitchell's Court and Spark just oh, because. I don't know that album. Um, I, I w- I, Joni Mitchell's Blue is the, is the album. I yeah, heard. yeah. Um, so uh, I think this one came out in 1974, and she had sort of taken a year off to kind of like re redo her sound okay and she and so like steely dan she's playing a lot of like new jazz influences mm-hmm. um, yeah she she gets she gets like a backing band called the la express okay who yeah among their among their ranks was larry carlton ah there he is again yeah yes, there he well is done. larry carlton and so this <laughs> and, the, and on this album like he's got some of his most like iconic sounds so like the song help me is is uh-huh. is a really well-known song he's got these like um these little slides that he does that's like such a classic Larry Carlton thing help me I wonder if I know that one I probably do but I'm I mean sure Blue is the one I've yeah. listened to a lot yeah. I haven't listened to this one um yeah so the, it, I just love I love Joni Mitchell as like a figure just because she's bizarre you know she's like started smoking she, when she was nine she had polio totally. yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and so like right. she you know like her hand was weakened from polio so she like learned how to play guitar with all these crazy tunings so like oh, if you okay. try to learn a Joni Mitchell song they're just like really really difficult um that makes sense listening especially just yeah, listening to yeah. blue I and mean, i mean all her all her melodic phrasing is like way out there you know it's like it's, it's something i would never want to cut it's like something you sing at karaoke you know like it's just like yeah like a lot of like really high and low flourishes and her voice her range is huge despite you know smoking since she was nine and so um, interesting so many interesting themes on yeah her. and so i like again i think i like about her storytelling is that it's it's real like there's like these vignettes that she uses as reflection points to uh-huh. you know so like all like some of my favorite tracks um, besides help me, um, one called down to you, mm-hmm. where she talks about um, like going out in the town uh, to just to try to kind of like fill yourself up and like finding finding someone at the bar mm-hmm. and then like maybe you've you've imbibed enough where like the lights go up and like uh-huh. you're now you're kind of stuck with this person and then you go out in the night and she like has this great line she says like um you're clutching the night to you like a fig leaf <laughs> you know like because sure. you're trying to hide your yeah. hide what you're doing you know because yeah. you're it's like filling you you're trying to make an impression but but you're also like slightly like just disgusted with yourself about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um and then and then they wake up in the morning and like the love is gone and she's wandering out like looking at people in relationships like holding hands and, and, and mourning the fact that like the thing that happened wasn't wasn't what she wanted to fill her up you know yeah mm-hmm. or the, at least the character mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, the character in the song. The character in the song. But it might be. Who knows? It could be. Yeah, I don't know. It, that, that's the other thing about her is you never know, like, is this autobiographical or are you, she, she you know, kind of like, I don't know, I feel like, like Johnny Cash always uses characters, you know, like yeah. tell a story and it's, you never know mm-hmm. how much of it is mm-hmm. him and how much of it is just like something that he invented to, to, to tell a good story. Did um, you see the uh, documentary about Laurel Canyon? Yeah, came out yeah, Echo in the ago? Canyon. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We watched it a, a couple times actually because her parents uh, are from California. I and, didn't know that. And love, uh, love that all that music. So mm-hmm. yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that I said, was really that, good. I watched it. Yeah, it was great. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's that one. Joni Mitchell, Court and Spark. I'm gonna have to listen to that. I I would. It'd be interesting to see if uh, how many of these songs I know. I'm mean, looking at the the track listing. It'd be interesting to know if I you know if I if I would actually re- recognize it. I think her. I think this might be her best selling album. Really. So. Okay. You would probably recognize. I had the privilege to see her play once. Uh, I was. I would. Yeah. I would. Lo- I'd love to see her. I mean, now I. Just, I don't know I, if she's doing anymore. I don't know she's what she's sure doing. Her health now. isn't yeah. good. But I would, when I graduated from college, I saw her, and it was a show with her, Bob Dylan, and Van Morrison. Oh, that's three. Just, a, just a light crew. A light crew, yeah. <laughs> just a light. And, I, and she was the one of the three that I knew the least of their music. Okay. But there were definitely a few yeah. things that I saw, and she was great. She, she was mesmerizing in terms of, I feel like she was playing a bass guitar. Yeah, and well, and she, she just was, has a weird presence. She's kind of yeah. weird looking, and like, she just has a, a charisma that's so just It was great. She was really, really good. So. All right, what's awesome. number three? You've All right, got number some three. Notes there, my friend. Number three. I, yeah, I, I told you. I respect the preparation. I had. To, I, had to, I knew I would forget because I have like kid brain, and I would come here and just be like, "Well, I like this because I like this." You know what I mean? Just nothing <laughs> yeah, to right. say. Because it's cool. Yeah, because because it sounds good. Uh, all right, so we're staying in California. Staying still, California. Staying in California. Going up north to yeah. San Francisco uh, for the Grateful Dead. Oh, the first Grateful Dead appearance. First Grateful Dead appearance. Uh, and this is an album called Ladies and Gentlemen. It's a live album. Okay. But it's not like like the Dix Picks albums where it was just like, you know, like a stereo recording from the board. This was mm-hmm. actually produced. Oh, okay. And mixed and then released in the year 2000. Okay. Um, from a 1971 concert uh, at the Fillmore. So back, Fillmore, to, back to New York say, for, the, for okay, the concert. Okay, so not Fillmore West. No, Fillmore there, East. Okay, got Fillmore it. East, yep. And so this, this was a, like my favorite period of the dead is like is like 70 to 80 mm-hmm. just when when Pigpen the the keyboardist the, the original keyboardist was kind of like leaving um because of health problems and okay. he was kind of like sort of unable to keep up with the direction the band was going in and so they had some people like that this dude Tom Constantine was sitting in with the band sometimes and eventually they got they got Keith Gottschalks who's like my favorite my favorite era of the band okay was with him okay um some of their like most like their craziest stuff comes out then. Um, anyway, so this is like right at the period where where Pigpen's leaving, and he's 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 in the show, but they have Tom sitting in on some songs. Okay. Um, and for me, I think it represents like before they really went super psychedelic. They're still playing like a lot of like public domain songs and like okay. old songs from people. You know, like they'd be like they'd be covering all these great old tunes. Um, like Lightning Hopkins tunes or Marty Robbins uh-huh. or like stuff like that that was like part of their just part of their shows yeah and so it still has that but it's, it has some of like the, the really great songs that like Robert Hunter wrote with like China Cat Sunflower and uh-huh. uh, Ripple and like you know just some of the great classics and uh-huh. every every Dead fan has a, has their favorite show and for me this this is one I got this album when I was in like sophomore in high school 
You I remember like out, they said you said it came out in two thousand. Came out in two thousand. Okay, so it was after because Jerry Garcia I think died in ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dead the Dead. I have one album of theirs. Which one is that? American Beauty. Oh yeah, it is really good. It's I great. Mean, it's yeah. really good. And I, but I've never really dove into their live stuff, which is the point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, from it's everything like, I've ever. I heard, love the record. I mean, I love the recorded music. Blues for Law is like one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I there's I, I can't get too deep into the into the live stuff because it just it's like. Is it twenty minute tracks? And well, and like they, I mean, there's there's three thousand recorded live shows, yeah. so it's just yeah. like I don't know mm-hmm. what. It, so for me, this was. I got this when I was in high school, and I remember I was just getting into jam bands, and, and I, I just wore this album out. It was just, like, in my white Ford tempo like, all the time, riding around town listening, listening to this album. So Sounds like good times. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, couple tracks for your play Because we, uh, as as always, with tracks. every guest on my show, we always do a Spotify playlist. So what were the couple uh, tracks? A couple tracks. So on disc four... So the other thing about the discs is they don't go night by night. They actually, like, mix so How many discs in. is this? Four is four discs. See, again, you're smart. I mean, I've had a few people. I had my... When I did my picks... The white album I had because I needed to have two discs as one album. So this right. is, you have you have four discs. Four discs. So oh, I kind of like yeah. Well so done. I, well <laughs> done. Well played. So there's a there's a there's like a four song section on disc four that's like a drum jam sure. into into a jam. Um, I think it, then it goes into like going down the road, which is one of my favorite songs of theirs live, and then into cold rain and snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the jam because you can kind of tell that like like they're not like Pigpen isn't quite getting there mm-hmm. right away and it like takes them a while to on ramp but then it just soars into this like transcendent jam mm-hmm. and then it right into going down the road which is like one of their I mean they play the, I think they play the song like four or five times in this in this show so okay. it's like one that they like cycle yeah. back in and out of okay. through jams and I, there's something about it that's just like it's like one of my all time favorite moments of recorded music can't wait I look forward to hearing it yeah so that so that is that this the one track, or would it be more than one track? For yeah, me? so let's just, we'll just do that as one track. There, yeah. I think like disc three is just all just, good, disc it's four just, a, just a good. Like, but yeah. disc four from from the drum jam, like a Bill Christmas drum jam through Cold Rain and Snow, is like mm-hmm. is an experience. That's fascinating <laughs> stuff. Well, definitely a California legend, a couple of California legends. You know, Joni Mitchell's Canadian, yep. but she ended up being yep. really known for yeah. for everything that she did in in, in Laurel Canyon. That's right. All right, well, that's three. So yeah. Three great th- picks. All legendary artists, but none of them have made yeah. an appearance yet. So very cool. We will take a quick break and be right back. And welcome back. We are here with Adam Murray. I'm in my office with him. We're chatting about some great music so far. We've He's already... Maybe he knows something about me in terms of... Uh, you know, kissing up almost, and that two of the, <laughs> the artists are from California, or at least yeah. Joni Mitchell yeah. did a lot of work in California. So, um, <laughs> so when do, when you were going through your list, I see a lot of notes here. I mean, did you have like a, a process or philosophy behind uh, what you were you were talking a little bit metaphysical, like or meta narrative? Yeah, the, well, I was like, I, when I sat down to do this, I blasted. I had probably like fifteen albums, you mm-hmm. know, that came to mind, and then I was trying to. I don't know. I was trying to think about a way to talk about them that would like link them together because oh, some of them, cool. yeah, some Love of them it. are like seem like big departures. Mm-hmm. Like I was listening to Sean's Sean's uh, podcast and I felt like 
it, to me it was like tracked you know I was like okay mm-hmm. that makes sense like mm-hmm. the, like this kind of music yeah it, it sort of fits together and there are some things on here that I wanted to, to like kind of kind of have a way to, to tie together so I'm sure I, I'm, I'm, I was us- like loosely using a narrative mm-hmm. and and, tra- and and turn of tracking some of the musicians that were involved and Mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays out. That's kind of how I that, that that was the way that I thought about it. And you started saying you know New York and that and to California. So yeah, with that in mind, number four is that continuing a journey? Number or? four, yeah, number four, we're gonna we're gonna leave California. We're getting sick of California, <laughs> so we're gonna take we're gonna take <laughs> a lot the, of traffic there. We're gonna yeah. take yes, LA is getting really yeah. <laughs> Whether smoggy. it's in LA or the Bay Area, yeah, it's or the just Bay Area, a lot yeah, of traffic. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna take a plane for a weekend. We're gonna go down to New Orleans. Oh. Okay. And, uh, Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, and mess around down there. Um, so uh, album four is is by a band called The Meters. Haven't heard of them. Um, it's an album called Rejuvenation that came out in 1974. Okay. So The Meters were kind of like at the forefront of of like the funk, like early funk movement. Okay. Um, what was the name of the album again? Rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. Got yeah, it. 1974. Okay, this was. Brand new to me. And so um, I found out about the meters. I when I was in high school, early college, I was listening to like a lot of like Jack Johnson and Ben sure. Harper and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Jack Johnson had all he was he was actually a surfer and, and made surf films before he was a, a, a big musical presence. And I I loved his surf films. And there's um, there's a surf film called Thicker Than Water mm-hmm. that had this meter song on a liver splash, and I was like obsessed mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then kind of came back to it, like, later. I don't know. I think I found, like, a burn CD in my car one day. And this was probably in about 2015 or so. And came back to the song. And I was like, man, I really, really like this song. And found out the guitarist's name is Leo Nascentelli. And uh, he's just, like, a, he's like a funk legend. Mm-hmm. And it was actually it was actually listening to the meters that made me want to get an electric guitar. I, okay. I hadn't had an electric guitar since I was like sixteen, and I was like, I just want to play music like Leo Nascentelli. Um, so I was I you know I like got I got his so my guitar is a Fender Starcaster, which is what he, okay. he plays, kind of a weird guitar, because mm-hmm. um, I was just like I just want I want to sound like Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I've grown I've grown into loving the meters more and more. Um, the they're interesting because there's all of this like sort of like New Orleans culture that 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 has influenced a lot of things mm-hmm. that that you don't really know about and so one of those things that influenced the development of funk was um, like the New Orleans parades like you think of like the funeral parades and stuff yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of like a New Orleans thing. Like they just, yeah. they, they like parades for mm-hmm. Mardi Gras. They that's have these the parades. of a tuba. Yeah. So they have, you know, they have, you have the big brass band mm-hmm. that's leading the parade and then you have the drum line and then behind them you have what's called the second line, which would be, which is just people who will like, like dance and move. And so the drum line will sort of play off what the second line is doing and play off mm-hmm. what the, what the brass is doing. And so it's those second line drum beats that created the rhythm and like the sort of the the consciousness for funk music. Mm-hmm. So you, when you hear funk music, you can hear some of that like snare, that drum line okay. movement. And so um, the meters are, are 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 using that kind of form to to make funk music. And cool. so you have a lot of like you have a lot of improvisational feeling that's going on. Like you know like the guitar will come in or like the drum will come in and then the guitar will come in and then like the the keys will come in and they they sort of build this thing that feels like it was 
it, it was sort of preconceived, but also like ha- it's loose. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, you, you feel like you're in like in a parade, like kind of dancing. Yeah. Um, and so that that's like, you know, and that's just the meters. I, I, don't, yeah. know, I don't know what else to say about it. That's that's just their that's so their thing. Albums rejuvenation. Which Reju- songs do you love? Re- rejuvenation. So um, my favorite tracks. Um, just kiss my baby, mm-hmm. um, which has no like real like depth, but <laughs> it sounds like what you'd sing if you were like, you know, like in a parade, and you just were coming up with something off the cuff. Okay. And I mean, the lines are just like, I feel like a king because I just kissed my baby, and it just mm-hmm. kind of goes on and on. But mm-hmm. it there's an energy to it that's just just awesome yeah. that I really like. Um, and then hey, Pocky away. So mm-hmm. this is. He, I tried to weave this in because the Grateful Dead used to cover this song like in oh. the 80s. So I was thinking maybe this would okay. be like my Transition. my link between sure. the Grateful Dead and the meters. Um, but another kind of like piano bar feeling stuff that has like a lot of the, the classic like 16th note chucking thing. Like mm-hmm. now right, like you think of like Chic or something, you know, any of those classic funk bands. It's just got that, that, that classic funk sound. Um, again, li- lyrically it's not like super... <laughs> profound or anything but um it, you know it just it fits what it is sure um and then like the the title comes from like this lost like native american phrase or something that mm-hmm. nobody knows what it means but i i do like how it 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 also ties into like i don't know if you know about like the like mardi gras indians or anything like that like they have all of these tribes down there that pay homage to the Indian tribes that that um, like provided relief for runaway slaves. Okay. And so there's like this huge weird convergence of like like Indian culture that kind of mm-hmm. that 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 kind of influences into this into the like Mardi Gras kind of culture okay. stuff. Got it. So in a lot of ways, this is just like a New Orleans album. Like to me, it's just mm-hmm. like it's got so much packed into it that that you wouldn't necessarily like you wouldn't hear it but once you like kind of know what they're what they're working with it's just like man this is like it's like a i don't know it's like a po'boy in a mm. album or something you know yeah you always i've never been to new orleans and i've always wanted to go but i've always every time i hear or see something about it it's just the the gumbo the, the yeah mix, yeah the mixture of so many different traditions. yeah just so it's many a, things coming together into one yeah, place yeah. yeah um yeah and that's i mean that's just kind of this that's what this album feels like. Sure. It's like a gumbo, gumbo of cultural, like, mm-hmm. you know, trappings that come together in this music. And, and they're, so they're, and they are from New Orleans. This oh, yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. Got yeah. It. yeah. Uh, and then the last one I love is called Ain't No Use, and I really like it mostly just because of the music. It has, I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, Funkadelic's Maggot Brain album, Mm-mm. but the first song is just like a, I don't know, eight minute solo from the guitarist Eddie Hazel, and it's just, I mean, it's just over the top, amazing. Mm-hmm. But, this song kind of, it felt like this song actually came out after that album mm-hmm. and it felt like they were kind of like doing their best as the like Eddie Hazel impression sort of oh, okay. with the, with I the see guitars. it's 11 minutes long so it, yeah so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and it kind of does it kind of does, like just goes in and out of like this fuzzy guitar solo kind of uh, it, it's something that you, you just listen to with headphones on or if you're reading or something like that sounds good uh, so yeah those are the three tracks cool. from that one 
So where are you taking us next? To go from New Orleans to? Are we getting on a plane? Are we driving? Are um, we so now we're well, we're boat? coming back. So we had a good weekend in New Orleans. Now we're yeah. coming back to California. Back to California. We're, but we're coming back to California in the future. So like now okay. we're the seventies. The future. The 70s. Like we haven't heard this yet. You're, no, no, no. Are no, you no, making like, an album? We've that... been like hanging out in the seventies <laughs> now. No. So like the future from where, yeah. we, where we've been. Sure. Um, so the next album is is another kind of a, a weird one. Um, it's D'Angelo's Voodoo. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's from from two thousand. Uh huh. Um, it's neo soul album. Uh, maybe the neo soul album. Uh-huh. I don't know if you if you want to get into that kind of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know this one. Um, I mean, I've heard of D'Angelo, but. So yeah, so D'Angelo had this great album, Brown Sugar, which uh-huh. kind of set him up as one of the like sort of the premier neo soul artists mm-hmm. and he he had kind of a mental breakdown because he was like really uncomfortable with how he was becoming like a sex symbol mm-hmm. and so he like retreated and started and, and he like had a kid and and started like coming up with this with this concept for an album like again he's he's drawing and I think he learned to play guitar and like he's like listening to a lot of jazz music and a lot of prints and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're hanging out, him and, like, Questlove from, from yeah, the Roots. Yeah, the Roots, yeah. They're hanging out at Electroland sta- uh, Electric Ladyland Studios in Manhattan, which is mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix's mm-hmm. studio, um, over the course of, like, a couple years, and, and they're kind of, like, developing this album. Okay. And so between... So basically, like, around 98, 99... You've got a bunch of amazing artists, and they, they went under the name Soulquarians, mm-hmm. that are hanging out around around this studio, around each other, mm-hmm. and and 2000 sees the birth of uh, this album, and then Commons like Water for Chocolate, which is like mm-hmm. one of the best hip hop albums, and then Erica Badu's Mama's Gun, mm-hmm. and they all kind of have the same sound. You know, you've got like you've got Questlove that's sort of working on them all, and um, I mean it's it's like Q-Tip and Talib Kweli and Most Def and like all of these people that are okay. all like collaborating. You got like mm-hmm. Jay Dilla. It's a lot of Jay Dilla influence. Um, anyways, they they create this sound. I mean, it's almost like a Laurel Canyon moment. You know, oh, where like yes, you know the, you have the birds that like sure. create this sound. You know, mm-hmm. you have like turn turn turn, which is like like an instant like that's like Laurel Canyon. Mm-hmm. So this is this is kind of like a moment like that where they, they it's like they're moving past some of the the tropes of R and B and and kind of pressing into some jazz, pressing into some really different instrumentation. Um, and I just, lo- I just love it. It's just a really, really interesting album, really complex. It looks like there's other musicians looking through the info yeah, that so, are from the roots here. Yeah, tons of... Do- yeah, all, so is that like the Soul Quarians are just like this, this massive crew of people that mm-hmm. were all kind of like influencing each other and like, you know, you'd have like people coming like uh like Rick Rubin would be coming into the into the studio and like uh-huh. in like Chris Rock and like all uh-huh. these people have this all this input so it's like yeah. this, this massive cultural like package that's happening in the development of this music um and 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 then it, they come out i mean i remember like just hearing the beginning of of like water for chocolate uh-huh. and i was like a big hip hop head in col- or in high school okay and i can still just remember like the first 2 minutes of that song and i was just like Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> like, and it, I mean, and it delivered, and it's it's got like the same. This album has the same feel, and so the reason I picked this over like Water for Chocolate and those other ones is that another one of my favorite guitarists, uh, uh, Charmers Spanky Alfred or Alfred Spanky Charmer. I, I forget which one because it's like a weird mm-hmm. double first name. 
Um, but he's kind of like this dude who plays in all of these classic R and B albums. Like he's old, super old, old as dirt. I think he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played on, and then Charlie Hunter, who plays bass and guitar on this album with like this eight string guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you hear, I mean, if you listen to the album, it's just it's incredible that he does it. Mm-hmm. But he's just like a guitar wizard. Okay. Um, so the the instrumentation and the the arrangements and everything is in my mind, just, like, a, a really amazing achievement. Yeah. So, as I thought about, like, sitting in the basement, and perhaps perhaps all of this will make a little bit more sense once I tell you what my luxury item is, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, the kind of stuff that I would want to be, like, you know, like, putting into my head. What and, was the name of the guitarist again you were saying? Uh, so there's Spanky Alford. Okay. And then there's Charlie Hunter, who's the, who's the dude who plays the 8-string. Okay. Well, that sounds like a really interesting one. What were the songs that you would... Yeah, so my favorite songs on there are... Um, oh, and the other <laughs> the other way that I connected these two was that both the Meters album and this album end with a song called Africa. Okay. So, That's, yeah, I did notice that, yeah. Um, so Chicken Grease is a song that I really like. Um, it's got like a... It's, it's a weird story because I think... Um, Common, I think, wanted it for his album. Okay. And so... D'Angelo like traded a song with him. All right. And so this was supposed to be a common song that he like got. Okay. Um, and chicken grease is just like a is like a Prince term for like that. It's like playing a ninth. With, okay. With that sixteen note chuck, so okay. it's got like that funk feel to it. Um. It's got. The all the lyrics they he, they multi tracked all the lyrics so all the lyrics, are kind of mumbly mm-hmm. throughout the album. Um, which in my mind, I think it makes me want to like figure out more with it. It doesn't like distract me from it. I'm kind of like, well, now I really want to know what he said. <laughs> um, so I don't know. The lyrical content to me isn't like, it's, for, it, it is significant. I mean, he's, he takes a lot of time cause he's dealing with like a lot of insecurities about, about who he is as an artist. He's dealing with like being a dad and, mm-hmm. and trying to navigate that. He's, he's, this is a kind of a, I think. I don't think anyone would disagree that this was, like, a pretty big moment for the black community. Mm-hmm. Like, just a lot of people coming together to make some, like, really significant, um, mm-hmm. like, like a cultural achievement. Mm-hmm. And so the, that's the theme of the album is just, like, all these kind of heavy topics, but it's couched in, in, in this, like, tremendous musical menagerie. Yeah. Um, so Chicken Grease... Um, there's a song called Spanish Joint, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got kind of a Latin percussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Africa, the last song, which is kind of like a, a letter to his son about about his heritage. And oh, cool. Um, I think one of the lines is like, I receive the love that, that radiates from your glow, like talking to his son. And it's like mm-hmm. all about the, re- the, the reciprocity of like, of different generations like feeding into each other mm-hmm. so just uh, it's a beautiful song and, and it's, uh, it's really interesting cool now what's number six where are we going next number six is uh, a newer album to me this one came out in 2000 from a dude well now we're going to now we're going to london and i london now we're just like just the, the meta narrative's gone <laughs> <laughs> now we're just we're just in london i don't know uh this one is tom mish and yusef days called what kind of music uh-huh. Came out last year. Oh. Just Yeah, twenty twenty. Okay. It was a COVID album. Yeah. Um Tom Mish is a dude, he came out this 
this album called Geography, which is like a kind of a neo soul, mm-hmm. hip hop sort of album, and it was something that I listened to a lot. Um, just because that's if I were to if I were to pick a genre of, of of music that I would like to like be proficient at, I think it would be like neo soul. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always looking for people who I think have an interesting sound. It's like it's like the convergence of jazz and dance music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yusef Days is a drummer uh, who I knew from. Um, his work with a, with a group called um, Yusef Days, or not Yusef Days, Yusef Kamal, mm-hmm. um, and then an album called Black Focus, which is a is like more of a straightforward jazz album that was okay. really good. So when I saw the two of them coming together on this this album, I was pretty excited about it, and um, it definitely, I think it delivers. It's, What's uh, the name of the album again? It's called What Kind of Music. Okay. Cool. And it just came out last last year. You said. last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's pretty new. So I, yeah, it's it's something I've like, and it makes it to your all time. That's great. Yeah. It's uh, it was it was one of those albums where like, when I was thinking about being stuck in the basement, it's like an album I want to listen to more. Sure. Like, and it's I feel like at this time of life, I end up listening to music a lot, like in the car with the kids. Yeah, and of it's, course. It's just not I'm not like digging in like I like I used to be able to. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of those ones where I was like I I just want to understand it a little bit better. So that was part of the reason it got picked. Yeah. Um, but a couple of my favorite tracks, uh, the 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 first track, title track, um, it's got this like cool like organ intro vibe it's like real dark it almost sounds like video game music okay um and then there's a song called Tidal Wave Mm -hmm. and it's real hip hop it's real hip hop I I love how like jazz sort of got got implanted into hip hop oh yeah and now hip hop's like getting implanted into jazz Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like a weird so much about uh, just the rhythm being yeah yeah, so some of that, you know, some of those... I mean, melody is a part of jazz, but the rhythm is yeah, really, yeah. you know... Well, and it's becoming more, it's like more rhythm-centric now, when it, now that it's be, now that hip-hop and jazz are converging in certain genres. Mm-hmm. And so this is, an, this is a great example of that, and it's just something I really I really like, being hmm. someone who was was weaned on hip-hop yes. growing up. So, um, Tidal Wave uh, is a great track. It's got kind of a trap trappy beat, like it's, you know, it sounds like something that you'd listen to on, like, Top 40 rap, but then it's okay. got, like, this real, like great lo-fi guitar part it's like real wobbly and mm-hmm. um it's it's one of the better vocal tracks i think it's 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 straightforwardly about like a relationship ending but then it's ambiguous enough where you're kind of like he's kind of like looking out at at perhaps like just what's going on socially i mean mm-hmm. this is an album that it's like post-brexit and mm-hmm. in the middle of covid there's like just i'm sure like the london scene is seeming sort of dismal yeah and so, it, it the, the track I think opens up to that meaning as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's that'll be I'll be really interested to hear that. I have not I, I've heard of Yusuf Days I think, but I haven't heard of Tom Mish. So that'll be interesting to dig in on that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's six albums in. Six we got in. three more to go plus okay. the book and luxury item. We'll be right back. And we're back with my good friend Adam, and it sounds like the, the meta narrative has sort of lost some steam. We were in yeah, it started lost some steam, we yeah, in we New York, went to Los Angeles, to New yeah. Orleans, and then London. Yeah. And so maybe we. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to sober up. We're going to the Midwest. 
We're sober, so sober in every possible way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because like yeah. once you leave New Orleans or yeah, London, or like you London, just have yeah, to be, you have to. There, you have, there's a stark reality. Yeah, we're yeah, to we're the going Midwest. we're going to the Midwest. And where did you grow up, Adam? I grew up here. You so, grew up in Minnesota. Yep, I'm so a this yep, is Minnesota. Okay, so this is the coming back home. Coming back home. To the, yeah, this region. This region. This region. Yeah. So we're gonna do we're gonna do Wilco Sky Blue Sky. Wilco. Um, I think this might be the first time Wilco showed up. I mean, Pastor Christian had a uncle, uncle Tupelo. Uncle Tupelo, yeah. Which was a Wilco artist yeah. before they were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was Sky? What was it called? Sky again? Blue Sky. Sky Blue Sky. Yeah. So this is the this is their sixth sixth studio album. Mm-hmm. Came out in two thousand seven. Okay. So I was in college, um, but tracking as I have been with guitarist that I like. This is the first year that Nels Klein started playing with Wilco. Okay. Um, who I, he's like one of my all-time heroes. Okay. Um, so, uh, this was an album that I've tried over the last few years to transcribe, to, to hand transcribe every single song mm. off of it. Because I was like, if, you know, if I want to learn, if I want to learn by transcribing, which is like what the, all the old boys did, mm-hmm. you know, just listening to it and mm-hmm. like writing out note mm-hmm. for note, I was like, these, some of the songs on here are like the ones that I, that I wanted to do. So, yeah. So I have, I have several, I have, I think I have like four or five of them done because it yeah. takes a while. But, actually, um, like, so, so it is an album probably, this is probably the album I've sat most with, uh-huh. um, on the list. Um... I, I don't know that I loved Wilco that much, like, like early days, like all the ones that everybody loves, like Yankee Foxtrot and, you know, the classic Wilco albums that, that this one had, this one was kind of a departure that a lot of people didn't like. Speaking of dad rock, this has been labeled as a dad rock, <laughs> but maybe a corollary of yacht rock, which, yeah, you know, maybe, like, yeah. maybe now that I'm a dad, I just can't help get away from uh, yeah, liking the dad into, vibe. Yeah, that's um, right. So... Uh, yeah, so Nels is on this album. Um, it's it was it's a little bit of a divert, like kind of a departure from what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the lyrics are a little more straightforward. It's a little less affected. Like Jeff Tweedy was worried that like his songs were just relying on effects, and he's like, it's not a song, then it's just like mm-hmm. it's, it's like an effect, you know. Mm-hmm. So he this they stripped this one down. You know, I don't know whatever they were doing up there in the Wilco loft, just you know, <laughs> simplified and. Um, I think it's a really like a really interesting album. I think this on the list. This is probably the the first one where I'm I would start to like be really moved by the lyrics a little yeah. bit more. Um, yeah. I think that the the basic concept of this album is just all about like life has ups and ups and downs. Like the best thing to do is just to like take it as it comes. Yeah. And, like you know, just say like yeah. So so the the. The the first track, um, either way, is, is one of my favorites. Um, the line is maybe the sun will shine today, the clouds will blow away, maybe I won't feel so afraid, and I'll try to understand either way. Mm-hmm. And that to me just kind of sets the stage for the album. Mm-hmm. It's got this great picture on the cover of like birds flying. It's, it's like a actually yeah, really famous. Looking. I think the the dude who took that it, that that and it's not that's not like a that's not like a digital drawing. That's an actual photo. It's a photo. Yeah. Um, and he won he won an award for it but I don't know it's just this to me the album does it, it goes it, it, it sits in that space where you're like you know perhaps sitting on a bench in the middle of the city and trying to kind of come to terms with some despair or something and looking mm-hmm. up and just seeing birds flying me like yeah I can move through this mm-hmm. and I don't need to you know I don't need to react in a way that's that's 
dramatic. I can just let it sit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, second favorite track, Impossible Journey, which might be my favorite solo of all time. Okay. And that's actually the first time I heard this album. I It might have been on... I think they were playing on Letterman or something. Oh, okay. And I heard, like, I was, like, doing something. I, I don't even know why Letterman, maybe my dad was listen, was watching or something, because I don't, I don't, I've never really watched Letterman. But I, like, heard it in the kitchen or something, and I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I ran in and caught the end of it, and immediately, like, went online and, and found this song, because I was just, like, captivated by this solo. And it's got this cool, like, it, it morphs into this, like, cool double guitar thing at the end. Okay. Um... And I, it's just it's just an awesome, it's just an awesome song. Um, and it ends with a great line. It says, nothing more important than to know someone's listening. Now I know you'll be listening. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just, it just tracks that theme of, of um, coming through things that are difficult and mm-hmm. and finding like sort of simple, simple attitude changes that that make a lot more difference than than acting out or, or, or activating in a certain way, mm-hmm. um, which I just I just love. Yeah, they're another one of those bands that I... There's a lot of... I've said phrases like this when I've done these shows before that I've never quite gotten into them, but they're like one or two steps removed yeah, from yeah. a lot of music yeah. that they're I like really, really love. They're like second tier, you know? <laughs> yeah, I have one album of theirs. They have their first album, AM, I think is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've, I enjoy it, but yeah, it's one of those, they're one of those I've just never quite taken the plunge into them. Yeah. Yeah, I, this one, for me, this this one is, it stands out. I mean, right. There's other albums that I like, um, like Summer Teeth is a good album, but um, this one, I don't know. Some people think it's sort of like very ambivalent and sort of fatalistic, but I I don't know. I think it's very peaceful to me. And, yeah, it and seems like you could take this out just from what you just said. The album cover either looks stark or there's a beauty to it. Yeah, th- that's exactly. And there's a there's an ambiguity, and, and I mean that's, to the Midwest, like you said. Yeah, it's, and that's classic Midwest. You know, it's like is it is it hell or is it heaven? I don't know. <laughs> that's good. All right, what's number eight? Okay, number, number eight. Number eight we're, now we're making our way back to New York. We're back crawling to, back to New York. Crawling back from the Midwest. Crawl, we've had crawling it with back the winter, the Midwest, and yeah. we're going back to the big city. Yeah, Midwest. We had enough sobriety uh-huh. in the Midwest, and now we're heading back um, to uh, a band called Television. Yeah. And an album called Marky Moon. So they were, 77. Yeah, that's like the, the sort of talking heads, punk, CBG. Yeah, so it's, I, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like, Post-punk, art-punk, I yeah. don't know, I've heard a lot of different ways to describe yeah. it. Um, so the thread here is that Nels Klein is obsessed with Tom Verlaine. Like, he'll play, I mean, I've heard him say that he literally just, like, will play a Tom Verlaine, like, lick in a song, mm-hmm. just to know if people are paying attention kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so he loves this album. I love this album. I found this album when my when my friend graduated college, he gave, he, like, gave me his CD wallet of, like, 50 CDs. Uh-huh. And it was all this, like, bizarre stuff that he listened to in college out in Bozeman. Yeah. And this, this album was in there, and I just threw it in one day because I was kind of, like, just working my way through everything in there. Mm-hmm. And the first song, See No Evil, just, mm-hmm. like, I was like, wow. I mean, it just has, it's so raw. It's got, like, all this sort of punk kind of demand to it, mm-hmm. um, but it's not it's not power chords. It's like complex and interesting. Um, I just never heard anything like it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I just fell in love with it. And I've, 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 it's sort of been in the rotation ever mm-hmm. since I've, I've, I discovered it. I was probably like 2000, I don't know, 2006 or 2007. Yeah. Um, 
And so you said the uh, the guitarist who you were just talking about, Nils Klein, he was on the yeah he, Wilco. What's that? Which which band yeah was yeah Nils, Nils Klein is is Wilco. Yeah. Um, and he and the the guitarist. Well, there's two guitarists. There's um, Richard Lloyd and then Tom Verlaine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he was massively influenced by them. And you okay. can I mean you can hear. Mm-hmm. So there's a the the title track Marquee Moon. Mm-hmm. Like could be I mean Nels could it's has probably written something that's that's so close to that as borderline copyright infringement. But, you know, it's like um but it's we, we all, everybody borrows things, right? Yeah, that's right. Bar yeah. That's right. So borrow <laughs> it might be a more appropriate term in, in certain situations than others, but So the other really so this is like that Ramones kinda era. Yeah, no, so it's it's sort of it's it's a little bit different than Ramones. Like the Ramones is a little more straightforward yeah, punk. Just powerful, yeah, powerful, yeah. Powerful and this is like pretty like pretty saying. artsy. So he's like I mean, I, I've heard that he was reading lots of, like, French poetry after he was reading, like, Rimbaud or I don't know, one of those psychedelic people. And um, there, there's just the the music and the lyrics are much more complex mm-hmm. than, than what the Ramones were, you know, angry about. Yeah, the Ramones are pretty not complex. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they don't really have a lot of uh, complexity um, in their music. I guess that's what makes them who they are. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, there's like a, sh- there's just an angst to it. Yeah. This is, there's a little less like raw angst here. Mm-hmm. A little bit more like calm. Um, so anyway, the, the first song, See No Evil, is this great, it's like this, um, basically like a, like a meditation on on where your desires take you and like you have that feeling when you're young where you're like I want this I want it now and I'm probably going to make a bad decision because I'm not going to wait to think about it Mm -hmm. and so like the chorus is I understand all I see no destructive urges I see no but it seems so perfect I see no I see I see no evil Uh Um, and it always reminds me of that Augustine line where he's talking about like the consequence of a distorted will uh-huh. is passion, mm-hmm. and um, by servitude to passion, um, like a habit forms, and then a yeah. habit without, uh, what is it? A habit without like resistance becomes necessity. Okay. It's like one of those formulations, mm-hmm. Augustine formulations. But yeah, it always reminds me of that kind of that kind of transaction where you're like, you're following your passion into slavery, yes. <laughs> kind of, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's kind of the uh, deeply theological about desires and whatnot. Yeah. So and this people just play it out in front of us, you know, in music. Yeah, exactly, in, in, in music, the, yeah. So, this, I mean, this album kind of just, I mean, it basically tracks that theme through. I mean, you mentioned Charlie Parker earlier, I think of that with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's ended up at the ranch. Yeah, <laughs> and he a, didn't live very long because <laughs> of the fact that he couldn't get control of his, his addictions. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. All right, so that's eight. That's eight. I will look forward. To oh no, no! Oh yes, we have one more. I was like, we have one more. Get nine people, nine, nine. albums. What's the uh, what's the location for the last one? Stay in New York. Staying in New, Stay York. In New York. We landed in New York. We started in New York. We're coming back full circle. New York, California, London, London, Chicago. Yep. Wilco. So what's uh, what's the? And now we're landing with Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams. Ryan prison. Adams. So Ryan Adams, another one hasn't come up yet. Ryan Adams is my all-time, really all-time, all-time. Yep. I did not realize that. Yep. Which album? So I I went with Prisoner in 2017. Okay. Um, Ryan Adams is one of those guys that has like a million different albums and a million different like. I mean, he has like a punk album and he has the, you know, Taylor Swift. Yeah, his 1989 Taylor Swift's album. Yeah, and he's got all those, you know, like. The early days was more, you know, because he started out with, with Whiskey Town, so he's got, like, all that country influence, you mm-hmm. know, and so a lot of his first albums were more acoustic. Anyways, I love, I've been listening to Ryan Adams since I was in college. Mm-hmm. It's probably hung around 
in my regular rotation more than any other artist. Yeah. Um, this particular album, I think, to me, it's like when it's all said and done, this is just like my favorite kind of music. Yeah. It's some acoustic, some really, really good electric, lots of effects. He's a master of effects. So like he's like a real pedal nerd. Uh-huh. Um, so he like, and he's so good at using like his chorus tone is like better than the cure and he uses like flanger and weird stuff, you know, that like Eddie Van Halen was using in like all these crazy things, but like so tastefully. Mm-hmm. And like, you can just tell that it's just, he's just, his tone is so dialed. Mm-hmm. And for me, this album is just like the, the perfect picture of, of like his great songwriting. Yeah. Talented, talented musician. Um, well-conceived album. I think, I haven't checked the dates, but I, it, it seems like this album was, was him kind of dealing with his divorce. Okay. So a lot of the album's about, like, being away from someone that you still love, and, like, their, their ghost is just haunting everything you do, and mm-hmm. you're just trying to figure out, like, do I try well, to get the back The first into- song is called, Do You Still Love yeah, Me? Yeah, Do You so- Still Love Me? Pri- <laughs> I mean, Prisoner's literally about being, like, <laughs> prisoner, in prison to someone's love. And, like, Haunted House yeah. is the number four. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, yeah. definitely sound yeah. like that. He's dealing with some, you know, some regrets or some, something gone there. Yeah, and I mean, until I, I mean, I think, for me, like, Ryan, I'm, you know, if, if the love song is, like, the representative American form of songwriting, which uh-huh. I think people have made the, a, a good argument that it is, like, he's so good at writing love songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, like, stuff that, like, any 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 period or, like, any any sort of, like, mode of relationship that you've been, you could find a Ryan Adams song that will, like, let you sit and dwell in whatever you want. Sure. Be it jubilation or... And this or is after, uh, post-heartbreak, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, so it's... Broken anyway. Yeah, it's just, just a lot of it's just... But I mean, <laughs> we disappear. I think one of the things... Been, yeah, yeah, the exactly. titles seem yeah, to... I mean, Haunted I, House... I haven't listened to a lot of these Haunted House is, like, like totally the... The, like the apex of that, you know, where he's like he's like living in his house alone with with the with the with the, the memories with the specter of his memories. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, do you still love me? Is is title or the first track? Uh, Prisoner title track is awesome, and then anything I say to you now is is just this great song about like him like crumpling up drafts of a letter he's trying to send out to this person and just being like nothing I say is is going to be mm-hmm. helpful here, and I just need to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uses that, that's the song that, um, he like stacks all of these effects so subtly. It's like, he's got delay and chorus and like this perfect distortion. And I mean, it just sounds, mm. Mm, it's just, just, it's just nice. <laughs> yeah. Definitely somebody I've heard a lot about. Now, I mean, the only thing I've, wh- why did he choose to cover an album? That's an unusual I don't know, thing but he, can he dropped it. I mean, because he did that was Taylor Swift. He, he like yeah, and it was amazing. I yeah, mean, and I, I heard it. Was I don't great. really I like never... Taylor Swift that much. I, I mean, yeah. I recognize that she has a following of people that 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 claim she's a, a very profound songwriter, which she probably is. But I that album for me was way better than her album. Uh huh. Well, she wrote that. That was pretty probably one of her first albums, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember when that one even came. Yeah, my out. daughter really loves her, so it'd be interesting to know if my daughter, yeah, know, if she's listened. Yeah, to be this, honest, I'm this sure this I'm cover. offending her deeply by saying that <laughs> I like this. I'm sorry, sorry, Corey. <laughs> um, no, you're not defending her. I'm sure. But yeah, I have he, he he has this amazing ability to just drop albums mm. like in a matter of months, and they're, it's not like they're like ill conceived. They're like really solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I think he's just a really, really good musician and has a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> 
he has a track record of a lot of broken relationships. Yeah, he's got some issues. Some I've, I've heard, issues I've heard of some of the issues. The past few years, some so. of the issues that have, yeah. been, that have been kind of a high profile, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there it is. Right. Lots of fascinating nine albums, and I I will say most of the people I've talked to, I think that at least one. I mean, there's none of those except maybe one or two that I haven't heard of the the artist. Right. But I I have to say I don't think that I've heard much of I mean, Grateful Dead. I'm, I'm probably yeah. yeah. But I don't know and Joni Mitchell. But I I haven't really interacted with that these albums. So that'll be really fun to listen yeah. to your playlist. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope you can find something you enjoy. I'm sure I will. Lot, I think there's a lot of a lot of different stuff there. So. So so far. Let me just give the, the listeners a rundown of what's our, in our library downstairs. Yeah, let's, let's the book. It. So we've got Heaven Tree Trilogy. We've got two copies of Jane Eyre. We've got Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, the Harry Potter series, The Letters, the letters of Flannery O'Connor, that was Margie Hack, uh, Screwtape Letters, Valley of Vision, The Complete Book of Swords, Cimmerillion, City of Joy, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane, Wrinkle in Time, and the years of Lyndon Johnson and Democracy in America. Sean yeah, Sean Hill. dropping the Tocqueville. The <laughs> so that's what we have. I'm not going to read that off every time, but it's been a few a yeah. couple episodes since I've read it. So that's what we have in our library, which is a pretty good library that's so far. A, that's a great library. So what are you going to add to it? Well, I, Poetry, I would I mean, you, you know me. Yeah, we I, got There was no poetry. Ooh, he even brought a copy with him. So I did bring a copy. Uh, it's Auden's Collected Shorter Poems. W. 19, John, 1927 sure. to 1957. Yeah. Um, I, Auden's one of those poets I just really love. Um, it was a book that I fi- that I thought would be really good to read being, being prisoner to a basement for yes. a year because um, lots of them needed... 20 or 30 readings before you yeah, understand yeah. I've always what's, what's going on. Poetry can be so dense. Yeah, you yeah. You can just, you know, just marinate in one, you know, a small thing for a yeah, long time. Yeah, absolutely. At one, he's, he certainly, like, play. I mean, there's, he's one of those people that just draws in, like, an outrageous amount of, like, references to different things, and, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to kind of, like, track the references and see how he's using them and... What's it's, his era? What's just the a years good time. there? What is, when was he alive? Is well, so I, I mean, this is basically representative of his entire 1927, career. 19. Yeah, so he's he's kind of like, he's after Elliot, or mm-hmm. I mean, after Elliot was kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people kind of consider him to be like the heir to Elliot. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the more well-known 20th century poets. Sure. 20th, 20th century modernism, I guess that would mm-hmm. be like the... So so what what is I know you love poetry so what is it about him that makes you want to have him in the basement as opposed to other poets? Well, so he um, he started out like a lot of those guys uh, writing despairing uh, sort of I don't know secular kind of poems yeah and then had a conversion Uh and and became a Christian at, Mm -hmm. at the end of his life and still. Yeah, he's one of these figures, kind of like I don't know, like Graham Greene or Evelyn Waugh, who like bad Catholic kind of people, uh-huh. you know, where they're like, they're still kind of like a seedy person, mm-hmm. but they have really rich yeah. insights into yeah. the faith that yeah. I that I I think come from the marge. It's almost like a prophetic, just resonate with yeah, you. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's like it comes from the wilderness, kind of. Yeah, you know, places where I don't want to I don't want to go, but I'm glad someone's t- talking to me from there. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You yeah, know? definitely. Uh, so yeah, that he has, um, 
and some of my fa- some of my favorite poem like something so he uh, the, the the book ends with his uh, his divine hours basically mm-hmm. and he has a poem for each oh, okay um, I think I have heard of that now that you mention it and so he I mean some of the lines in here are some of my favorite like nothing is with me now but a sound a heart's rhythm a sense of stars leisurely walking around and both talk a language of motion I can measure but not read. Maybe exactly. my heart is confessing her part in what happened to us from noon till three. I mean, just beautiful. And beautiful that's part stuff. of the which which. That's part of Compline. Compline. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is yeah. that Compline? That sounds Compline. like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the stars. And, yeah, 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 and it's like this meditation on, on like, noon to three, like the mm-hmm. the hour that Christ was hanging on the cross, and like his, yeah. his not under like, maybe when I die I'll understand what was going on because it's not, it's it's so profound that I that it just doesn't make sense. And it's interesting, too, when you're just talking about the hours, because I, I think I did know that he had that, is that the hours, you know, the po- the prayers in the common prayer book are so poetic. Oh, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, some of the prayers in Compline, I, I can read those just over and over, the ones about, you know, guard us when we're waking, you know, sleeping, and guide us when we wake, and then the uh, keep watch to your Lord with those who yeah. work. And, yeah. Oh, it's just, it's, yeah. it's gorgeous. And so you can see how... A person of a poetic mind would come to sort of an Anglican faith yep. and just be able to even play with that even oh, more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so the Book of Common Prayer itself is such a oh gosh, a rich beautiful. piece of literature. I mean, there's endless amounts of inspiration to be had yeah. there. All right, and you do get a Book of Common Prayer in the basement, so oh, well, good. I mean, yeah, you get a Bible and a Book of Common Prayer, so no. you can just and then you can so pull then up yeah, 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 throw yeah. a little out in there to to uh, supplement, I guess. So I'm going to say that with your luxury item, I mean, one thing I tried to sneak past Christian, I don't know if you heard me say it, but is a collection of Wes Anderson's films. Yeah. So, I mean, what what is your luxury item going to be? But I know you love Wes Anderson, so I thought I'd at least put that out there. I, yeah, I do remember that, and I, I really <laughs> love Wes. That. I tried to do it, but I went, with, I went with baseball instead. Yeah, that's, that's a worthy, that's a, Wes Anderson's collection would be worthy uh, down there. Um, mine... So I, I, so since Sean got to take a whole hockey bag, yeah, I decided that if one item is connected by a cable, then it's still one item. So yeah. I'm bringing my guitar and my amp. Okay. And yeah. If you'll allow you can, it, maybe you my pedals. If you can carry both with you, yeah, sure. I have on occasion well, brought all It's like I said three. to Corey. Corey wanted to bring her violin. I gave her a bow too. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you got ahead. <laughs> so yeah, that was so the the real meta narrative behind this list was was music that I would. That I would want to have with me to play with. To play. Oh uh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Any albums that uh, that you think of now? I'm 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 allowing you to cheat, but are there any albums that you think of that if it weren't about that meta narrative, one or two that you would just want to listen to? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, in a, in a sentimental mood was like way oh. sitting right on there, and I it got pushed out. I think it got pushed out. The space where I put Tom Mish, I didn't really know what to do with. Uh-huh. And that was that was going to be in a sentimental mood because I think that, you know, I don't want to ha- get to have another album. But the, I, I used to work at a men's clothing store with an old man who I, one of the few people I would consider a mentor, and he was a musician and he used to talk about his dad playing. His dad was a sax player and he and he just remembers his dad like wearing a tank top at the window at night playing, playing all the tracks from In a Sentimental Mood, and mm-hmm. that was just like part of his consciousness. And I just that image forever. Now, which artist is that? It's John Coltrane and Duke John Ellington. John Coltrane and, yep. and Duke Ellington. Yeah, yeah, I have that one. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I, I thought it's there. It's John. It, that particular mm-hmm. song, isn't it? The the album is. Album's called In Sentimental Mood, and then there's the title oh, track. Thought, oh yeah, the title track is gorgeous. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's what I thought you were going, but I wasn't. I just wanted to put the trivia. Yeah. yeah I, I've listened to that, hundreds of times. Yeah. 
I love that one. And then probably uh, the other one that was kind of sitting there was, was Paul Simon's Graceland, which is sure. an album that I just yeah. I just I love. love. Yeah, I feel like so I gave uh, I gave Adam just so if those of you who are jealous at home, I did <laughs> sorry give guys, him, I did give him the permission. But yeah, Graceland. Okay, well, at guitar and amp is your lecture item. You've got poetry. You've got nine albums you can play along with as you brought your amp. So you had an entire arc to it. So I appreciate the thought you put into it, Adam. Uh, it's been a real pleasure hearing your yeah, picks. I look forward to, 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 to digging in and listening to the Spotify playlist. And until the next time, enjoy the music and the peace of the Lord be And with that, my big thanks to Mr. Adam Murray for chatting with me about some of his favorite music. I really did enjoy the arc that he brought to it and the overall theme that he had, especially as somebody who is a musician and who I've had the pleasure of listening to him play. It would be interesting to hear the kind of jams he'd be coming up with with these songs. I had heard of most of the artists that he spoke with me about, but it was a true pleasure to dive in and listen to these songs on the playlist. The Wilco tracks really made me want to dive into that album, and the tracks by The Meters, a band I wasn't familiar with, were really good. I also enjoyed listening to the arc on that playlist of The Grateful Dead, really great jams and solos, really fun to listen to. As always, it is great to hear music I haven't heard before. Check out the Spotify playlist that I put together with Adam for your listening pleasure. Again, let me know if you would like to be on the show. My email address is joelandofthecross.org. Also, don't forget that if you're shy of the mic, you can always email me a list of your picks, and I can read them on a future episode. A show is in the works to just talk about some songs with a couple of special guests, so stay tuned for that. Remember that I am open to talking about something other than albums, if that better suits your fancy, so let me know, and you know where you can find me. So, until the next trip to the basement, keep listening, happy end of summer, and the peace of the Lord be with you.